82% of people say their productivity suffers from poor IT support, but why wait around for technology issues to ruin your day? Since 1995, Rocket IT has served as the managed IT provider of choice for organizations across Metro Atlanta. Through our consulting services, we help your team pinpoint underlying technical problems and build a personalized roadmap to grow your business. To speak to a member of Rocket IT about streamlining your technology needs, contact us using the form below. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Thrive, y'all. I'm your host, Jessica Clayton, and I'm the marketing coordinator here at Rocket IT. Today, I have Rich Edinger joining me. Rich, thank you so much for your time. Welcome. It's a pleasure to be here. So Rich has over 21 years of public and private sector experience, and he is with CPL Architects. So Rich, can you please tell us what your organization does and what you're responsible for on a daily basis? Sure. Yeah, we we provide architecture, engineering, and planning services to the municipal, transportation, and higher education markets. Wow. So it seems like you have a lot of like, not only municipal partners that you have to work with, but also those other transportation partners that kind of make a difference in people's lives, huh? Yeah, we do. We, we, we essentially design cities from the ground up. So whatever, whatever makes life convenient in a city, we, we, design those those kinds of infrastructure. And then do you all work with kind of a, a set kind of plan for each city? Kind of, you know, we want to make sure that anything that we design new has a certain criteria of things that, you know, most all plans have, or do you kind of customize it based on each project? It's customized. You know, a, a client typically will have a scope of work or if they don't have a specific scope of work, we will work on, we will work with them to develop a scope of work for the particular project that they want to do. Nice. So I guess that means that, that, that makes for a good amount of customization and, you know, push, pull, I have an idea. And then you guys can say if it's feasible or not. Yes, absolutely. Perfect. And so how do you guide your team? I noticed that, you know, your organization, you have a lot of different offices around the U.S. And so how do you guide your team that may be spread out? Yeah, that's a great question. Actually, we we have been using technology, you know, to connect our people together in different offices. And, and now even with them working at home or working from home. And so we use we use Microsoft Teams. We use lots of lots of different communication methods, texting, email, you know, basically the, all of the methods that, that the last 15 or 20 years worth of, of technological advancement have brought. Mm-hmm. Perfect. I'm pretty sure that it doesn't take, it doesn't add up to kind of that face-to-face or in-person, you know, it, 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 the technology can never replace that aspect of it. And so how do you kind of cultivate like the team atmosphere, even through these technical venues? Like there's only so much that can be said through text or email. Do you guys have any other ways that you kind of connect each of your team members? I mean, we do. We get together every once in a while. In fact, I'm, I'm getting ready to go to a, a meeting tomorrow for a few days in, in Charlotte. We're, we're gathering together some, 
some folks across the company to talk about some leadership. It's a leadership class that we're that we're all participating in. So yeah, there it there's no substitution for in-person communication, and I I think you have to be aware of the limitations, you know, of each kind of communication in order to choose the right form of communication for the topic that you're considering conveying. Very true. Yes. And so can you just briefly talk about some of the struggles or how do you manage getting governments on board with your plans? Regarding communication or? Well, regarding just, you know, how you said that you kind of provide plans for municipalities and you pretty much build cities. Do those cities come to you with you know, requests, or do you kind of go to them and say, hey, we think that you can improve X, Y, Z, and this is how we can do it? Yeah, it's a mixture of both. Cities will often put out requests for proposal or requests for qualifications if they're looking for a specific design professional to help them. And so we respond to RFPs and RFQs. I mean, we we have a marketing team at, at the company that that tracks, you know, these things and, and then works to put together a proposal that's responsive to that particular RFP. But then also we, we work with using relationships that we've developed over the years, depending on, and depending on the kind of project, we, we can work with people, city managers and planning directors and public works directors. And we have some on-call arrangements. So one of the things that we do with with cities is provide planning and engineering services, and we can do that on an on-call basis so that, you you know, you can get a very deep bench of of professionals and you only need to pay for what you need at the moment that you need it. So that's, that's a benefit to a lot of clients. And Lots of clients handle that with a, a a letter agreement. Basically, it doesn't doesn't actually go out to RFP. Others do put an RFP out, and then we respond to that, and hopefully we we're successful. Great. So, I think that that makes it easy, especially like for different. Like you said, each client is different, and so I think you guys have a lot of different ways that clients can get in contact with you, or even kind of get that process rolling. Right. And then are there any government regulations that govern your organization, like zoning laws and that type of thing? There are. There are and and I, I guess it, it would it probably starts with that the architecture and engineering professions are are regulated at the state level. And so you have to have an amount of schooling. You have to have you have to sit for exams and. Then when you pass those exams, you can become, you get registered in that particular state, and then you can um, perform, you know, architecture and engineering work depending on your specialty. Um, so, and but but then also um, there are a lot of uh, regulations that cities have, and generally since we work mostly with cities or we work a lot with cities, we will actually help them administer those regulations, and then. Other uh, projects that we work on where we're actually designing something for a client, like a hospital system or a school system, we have to abide by those regulations. And so 
we have to be aware of them from several angles. Makes sense. Yes. You don't want to accidentally break one of those codes or anything, and then you have to go back and redo it. I'm pretty sure that's. Yeah, that's, that's right. That would be bad. <laughs> and at, that adds cost and, and time to projects. Very true. And especially in this day and age, the time and the cost factor, that's very crucial to most businesses and probably most of your clients too. That's right. What is the most fulfilling aspect of your role? I, I like working with people. I got into engineering. You know, I'm a civil engineer by training and got into engineering early, went to school at, at Virginia Tech, you know, um, got a civil engineering degree, worked for a bunch of public sector and private sector employers. And, you know, so one of my favorite things right now at this stage of my career is just working with clients, helping them, you know, achieve their visions. We have a, uh, I'll give you an example there. We have a, a project going on at Flowery Branch right now where we designed a farmer's market and a streetscaping and a pocket park for the city. And it's under construction right now. So that's, that's very fulfilling to help a community, you know, meet their, meet their vision for what their downtown can, can look like. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's going to be so nice, especially when people can get out, go walk around. And I know farmer's markets are pretty popular, especially in this area. Yes. Yeah. That's, that's right. Yeah. And there's a lot of farmer's markets that cities have. I'm not aware of really too many that have dedicated structures mm -hmm. to them. So I'm excited for Flowery Branch. And then outside of that Flowery Branch development, are there any other upcoming projects that you can give our viewers a sneak peek on that are maybe in the works or, you know, almost to being approved? Sure. Yeah, we're, we're working for the city of Swanee right now on a, a second part of their town center. We, we worked for them 20 years ago when we, uh, when they built town center park. Mm -hmm. And so this, this new project is going to be across the railroad tracks from where town center park is currently located. So that's, that's a pretty exciting project. We've done, we've done some courthouse buildings and some some city halls and, and whatnot. So yeah, we have lots of community projects like that that are on the drawing boards and, and also in our portfolio. Perfect. And then the last couple of questions here to round out this interview, what type of project have you seen had the most impact on local communities? Would you say maybe those farmers markets or would you say more of those municipal buildings? Yeah, it's really the, I think the town center projects, at least in my career, like I mentioned, Swanee's town center, we worked on a similar project for the city of Norcross, Lillian Webb Park, and they have, they have since built some residential projects around that park. So it's, it's pretty satisfying to see a, a town center that may have been neglected or perhaps non-existent in, in the past come come to fruition come back to to life and and uh, create community you know where it may have been lacking in the past perfect 
And so how can viewers get connected with you or contact your organization for more information on an upcoming project? Well, you can go to cplteam.com. That's our, our website. Or you can call us. We have an office in Swanee and an office in Woodstock. So you can, you can contact me or Kevin McCumber at our uh, Swanee address. And our phone number is 770-831-9000. So. Perfect. We'll make sure to leave all of that information in our description box below so that viewers can easily get to it and share it. And so is there anything else you'd like to share with our audience today? No, I don't think so. Thanks. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for your time, Rich. You shared a lot of great information for our viewers to really learn more about what goes into these new projects and new developments that they may see. And this wraps up another episode of Thrive, y'all. For everyone, please make sure to check out our description box below, and we'll make sure to see you on our next episode. Thank you and have a great day.